nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, get to know this week, uh, Phoenix Rising, uh, our old nemesis from a couple of years ago, and in my opinion, was one of the best rivalries at that time uh, for that here. Joining me tonight is Mr. Owen Evans, who covers uh, Rising for uh, PHNX Sports. Um, last year, he also wrote uh, on a website from the ashes, uh, phx.com. Uh, for that here, his last article uh, happened to deal with uh, Marcus Epps uh, moving to uh, uh, moving to Phoenix Rising, and it was a great uh, article. So if you haven't read it, if you go to fromtheashesphx.com, uh, um, you can click on it and read about uh, the move of Marcus Epps to Phoenix uh, for that here. But, Owen, how are you doing this evening? Not bad, not bad. I'm glad to be on this. It gives me a, a break from having to think about <laughs> mundane things like packing my suitcase for tomorrow morning. But uh, <laughs> it's a nice it's a quick flight, right? It's a quick flight. It's not too bad. It's only two hours across. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Two hours, so you'll take off and land approximately about the same time because you, uh, you know, pick up. Coming hours, back, right? I will. Not going out there. Oh, going, going out there, the, I yeah. lose two hours. So, but uh, if you can, like I said here, uh, you know. Uh, Owen writes uh, and um, does the YouTube show under uh, PHNX Sports, which is a show on Rising on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Uh, here in Central Time, Texas, San Antonio time, 6 o'clock locally there in Arizona. Also, uh, very similar to what the Striker Texas here, he also writes for gophnx.com. Um, it's it's a paywall service that... that uh, does put out great articles about Phoenix Rising. I read about his latest one here uh, for this week here uh, to learn um, the rising, you know, because earlier in the week there was rumors of seven changes, I believe is what was tweeted out. Um, I don't yeah. think we'll see seven changes personally. And from your show last night, I don't believe you believe that there'll be seven changes, but there may be some changes, but uh, I don't think quite seven um, along those lines here. So, um, but please, uh, if you can support um, Owen and you know his his endeavors, just like we you know support Jonathan Check with the Striker Texas, uh, please do because then that gets more coverage for USL, um, which is great for everybody that that follows the league. Um, just to kind of touch on last year, um, it didn't end the way you guys wanted. Uh, you guys won the Western Division, um, ran away with it with 67 points. However. Lost to RGV um, in penalties. Uh, so just, you know, your uh, quick thoughts on last year and maybe why uh, Rising, unfortunately, came up short again. So it's kind of the classic Phoenix Rising tale whereby they, they go in like a house on fire to start off the season. You know, they, you know, uh, unlike this year, but, um, <laughs> you yeah, know, they go in 
win a lot of games, climb up the table, and then uh, with about a month to go, they've sealed up a playoff spot. And then you just have that whole weird month of what's going on now. Are we thinking about the playoffs or are we thinking about the other games we've got in the middle? Because especially last season, it was about the best part of a month out when they, they sealed even top spot. Mm-hmm. Um, or it was several weeks out anyway, where they sealed top spot in the division. So it was just a weird one. And not only that, but then when you you were dealing with the problems in the second half of the season, Rufat Dadashov left, obviously, to go back to Germany. Uh, Solomon Asante suffered a hamstring injury, and that's something that kind of kept nagging at him for, for that whole Brilliant. time. You see that he, he struggled in the second half of the season. I uh, don't believe he scored from July through until that playoff game. Um, and then you had Darren Mattox coming in and he was, it was taking time to adjust, you know, he didn't necessarily fit in the best with everyone. Um, and so they kind of limped over the line and then you come into that first round playoff game and that's tough. That's tough when you've limped over the line and you're playing a team like RGV that had to battle in every game running up to there, even to be in the playoffs. Correct. So you know, they take the lead, you think, okay, great, and RGV just keep battling back. Um, you know, I believe RGV did take the lead in that game initially. Mm-hmm. Um rising. Yeah, they could initially in they did, and then rising mm-hmm. came back. But they had rising RGV held two late, leads yeah. in that one. So it's it, it's a tough one to take, but of course it's not the first time that we've seen rising struggle in the playoffs. Same thing happened back in twenty nineteen. And they knock off Austin and then fall to, to Monarchs at home. Mm-hmm. It's a hard one because you you have to balance like overexerting yourself during the regular season um, and actually getting the, the cup at the end of it. It's People don't tend to do both. Yeah, it's... Well, you look at Orange County last year. Uh, they got hot at the end and did it the one year that... Uh, Rising did make it, uh, you know, unfortunately, 2020 uh, COVID uh, took away the uh, title opportunity against Tampa Bay, which was unfortunate for uh, both clubs because I know everybody in USL was excited about that uh, matchup here uh, for it here. But moving to the offseason, to me, the big, big change is is solo. Salmon Sante left uh, his career with Rising. You know, what can you say? If there's going to be somebody that's going to have a statue, it's going to be him. You know, with 113 appearances, 54 goals, uh, uh, 42 assists, that's in league play, two USL MVPs. And overall, you know, according to Wikipedia, he had 57 goals uh, all time for Phoenix Rising. So, you know, just, you know, obviously from us, you know, we joke around with this flopping and, and stuff like that here. You know, there's one instance where, you know, he got fouled. Um, but then he rolled across Toyota Field uh, two or three times um, for that here. But uh, for in Phoenix, you know, just what is the legacy that that uh, that Asante left? Yeah, it, it is a shame that that sticks with him, and I know why it does because it's it's justified. Let's be honest. He he but did have meant, a tendency to make a meal fun, of things. Though. Yeah, yeah. But like when you when you look at the kind of player that he was and what he achieved mm-hmm. here in Phoenix, um, uh, and you know that he cares about this club, yes. um, he cares about this club deeply. And um, if it was up to him, he would have been back here, really. Um, 
He still it's hasn't a hard signed anywhere one. from my under, He you still know, hasn't signed anywhere, but that's that goes back to the hamstring injury to a degree. Oh, um, he's been struggling with that for even through the end of you know after the end of the season. Um, it's tough. Um, he's a guy who contributed so much. I mean, he was back to back MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you replace that really? Um, and not only that, but he was the captain. He was the captain through that whole time. You know, Drogba retires, um, and realistically, Solo had been the the backup guy there. Um, really, Robert, too Drogba that's in that nice. sense. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> was a very. I tell you what, honestly, that night, everyone everyone is mystified that it wasn't caught. I can tell you, I was right behind that goal that night. You didn't know in real time. You didn't know, right? Like it's you look back at the at the replays and you think, oh, of course, no, we punched it in the net. It's not even a question. But like in real time, you just think, did it come off his chest? Did what? But look, he is a, a fantastic player, um, a guy who you knew this club meant a lot to. And as a result, he meant a lot to this club and to mm-hmm. its fans. And it's hard to see him depart the club it's hard to see now phoenix rising without solomon asante because for so much of that period of success he was the face of the club really you know i mean yes you have didier drogba in 2018 but he disappeared for most of that year Mm -hmm. showed up again at the end um i remember you know the world cup draw was today i remember when i was i wasn't in phoenix i was uh just finished up my undergraduate degree in exeter and Didier Drogba was a pundit on TV in the UK for the World mm-hmm. Cup that summer in the middle of the USL season. So you can tell how seriously he took some idea. <laughs> but it was but, an experience, though. I, I know when Phoenix came here, it was, hey, is, is Drogba going to come? Unfortunately, he only played home matches for the most part uh, outside, I think, the championship game, obviously, he played. But to me, it's, you know... You know, he's a class player. And to me, Asante was the heartbeat of rising. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's probably why you're seeing a little bit of struggles uh, for it is because you don't replace a player. And, and I know Marcus Epps is a great player, not, you're not taking anything away from him. But Asante, how he knew the offense, how he knew the coaching staff, he was basically a coach on the on the on the pitch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard to replace that leadership no matter what the sport is, but especially in soccer. And that's the thing. He was the captain. Um, mm-hmm. So not only have you got to deal with the fact that you've lost a two-time MVP, you've got to deal with the fact that you've now got a new captain in Darnell King. And, and Darnell is, you know, this isn't a criticism of him in any way, but he's still finding his way with this. Mm-hmm. It's something new. Um, and it takes time. You don't just step up and immediately, you know, know exactly what to do, especially when, not only are you you just only assuming the captaincy for the first time, but it's the first time since 2018 that Rising has lost two games in a row. Right. So it's a weird time in a lot of ways. There's a lot of negativity, a lot of things that need working on on the field. Then you've got you know a captain that's still trying to find his way in that sense. It's just hard, and you wonder if if Solo would have been here, maybe he'd have done things differently. Again, that's it's not a a slight on Darnell at all, but it's just it's a hard situation to just be kind of dropped into. It's a, when you follow a legend, being the guy after the legend is tough. It just yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter what it is. The other off-season move, and this is something here in San Antonio, uh, we're accustomed to the annual uh, San Antonio to Phoenix. 
Um, previous has been Darnell King, uh, captain, you know, current captain, Devin Vega, Billy Forbes, uh, Jason Johnson, and this year, Marcus Epps. Um, like I said here, all have had various success. Uh, I think Darnell King's probably had the most success, uh, obviously being captain uh, for it here, uh, for it here, but not getting into too much on Marcus Epps uh, through here, but, you know, thoughts on him signing and how the season started out, you know, for him and, and rising at this point, I think everybody can agree outside of the first half against Monterey Bay, where you guys blitzed them for four goals. It's been a struggle since then. You gave up two to Monterey Bay, you know, in the second half, you lost two to one at Vegas. Uh, to me, the big shocker was, um, last week, the, the loss to San Diego Loyal, where I hate to admit it, but Loyal were the better team uh, outside of maybe a five to 10, 10 minute window in the second half. Loyal, and that's not something that I thought I would ever say, is, is the Loyal were better team in Phoenix. And, and I think that's the, that's, that's the thing that has to be worrisome is that it's not so much that you lost two, you know, losing to the lights is, is for whatever reasons, is the, team that always Phoenix struggles with for whatever reason that, that they should just demolish, but it's a team they struggle with. Um, but loyal coming back or playing loyal in, in, in Phoenix was something that you, th I thought that, that uh, Phoenix would, would feast on, but it didn't. Yeah. It's not been a, a great start at all in that sense. I mean, as you mentioned, Vegas, it, it can be tough to go away to Vegas just because that place is, such a mess let's be honest um yeah there's all the nonsense off the field but even just on the field the the field quality there is is poor it's poor um and it's it's hard to play a good game of football there which me always favors the underdog right you know if you mm -hmm. if you're at the point where you're just wellying the ball forward that's gonna favor the underdog um i think that to talk to marcus and and his move it was always going to be a struggle again because you're filling in the role of a two-time MVP. That's it's a lot of pressure, um, and he's a different kind of winger, perhaps, mm. to what we've seen. Um, a lot of the the previous, yes, it was in solo, but even when you look at some of the other guys like Santi Mo, who's on the other on the other wing, they are big goal-scoring threats in a way that that Marcus isn't necessarily. And it's not that he can't score, but he's just not as much of a an out and out goal scoring threat as the others are he's more of a playmaker really mm -hmm. isn't he and i think that's also where they've been struggling is that a lot of teams are sitting back and defending with a lot of numbers against rising and they know i mean this is we've known this for years the way you beat rising is you frustrate them make them overcommit, and then you kill them in the transition in the counter attack um but where Marcus is struggling almost here is that when you're trying to go up against people who are defending with numbers, normally you're going to even have to start taking shots, even if they're not ideal shots, you're going to have to start taking shots or you're going to have to start finding ways of crossing the ball in and, and finding a big target man in there. And the crosses have been poor. He's made one of, I believe, 11 attempts or it might be nine attempts. It's a, I think it's one out of 11. Um, it's a low percentage. And he's yet to take through three games a single shot. That's so, the crazy stat. When you said that, I was like, that can't yeah. be true. No, when, when it was first thrown out last week and it was my co-host, Ramon, came out with it and just said, you know, he hasn't taken a shot yet. And we heard that and went, that can't be true. 
that can't be true. And so I start typing away furiously on the USL website and it spits <laughs> up, nope, he's not taken a shot yet. And that's that's crazy. You know, when, when you're not <laughs> taking shots, it's, it's hard because you become then, you need all those different facets to your game mm. when you're struggling as an attack. Um, and I think that that's where he struggled. And it, it's weird because we, we went into the season thinking, Maybe he's kind of gotten it off his back a little bit in the last friendly. Was it against FC Tucson that played a lot of academy kids in defense? Yes. Did he get a hat trick? Yes. So you think, okay, he's going to come in with confidence. He's going to try and take some things on. And he just hasn't. Um, And it's hard now because when you get into that kind of a run of form, especially in a city like Phoenix, a lot of people here are very demanding of this squad. And, the negativity does start coming out. You don't say. Um, yeah. <laughs> on our post-game show on Saturday, someone was comparing him uh, already. There, there were comparisons being drawn between Marcus Epps and Billy Forbes as just a guy who comes across from San Antonio and is a bit of a flop in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's unfair. Uh, it's it's early. It's very early to start. You know, yeah, and Billy had well. other issues. Uh, we'll we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, and I don't quite get the same vibe from from Marcus in that sense. But yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard, and there've been attempts to try and make things work better. I know that you know last week they were both switched over, Santi and and Marcus putting them on other wings. It was kind of an attempt to not only catch San Diego a little bit off guard because we know what they do with their rotations and going out wide, and it was just about trying to change up who was where so it would confuse him a little bit uh but also because there's relationships there marcus epps has settled in really well with with babu kajai uh who's the new left back in phoenix whereas santi Mao hasn't quite got that relationship down as well on the field so but th- then that didn't work um and it's it's hard it's hard to really say why it didn't work because there's a long list of things that aren't working right now in that attack you know they they're not winning one-on-one battles they're not winning uh they're, they're not getting separation from their man it's difficult and so it, it ends up becoming this thing now where we're scapegoating and people like Marcus Epps unfortunately because they haven't been with this team for long enough they're often the first ones that get thrown on that pile. Yeah, to me, when, when I walk in, and I'm not a rising fan, obviously, this year's just different. It's and, and I know you guys struggle to put it on. They're trying. They're. It seems like that they're trying to run the same system, but the pieces haven't jailed yet. And it's not to say that it can't. You know, I know what 2019, I think the issues, you know, the offense obviously was clicking. The defense wasn't clicking at that time. But for this year, outside of that first half against Monterey Bay, it's been a struggle both offensively and defensively, which which is, um, you know, you know, which which is a key. And Robert makes a great point here. Epps started slow here last year as well uh, until he found his role and, and got comfortable with it. And that's true. You know, there were some discussions. Hey, is, is Epps really is Epps really the guy? And and you know, you know, I think it was third of the year or whatever. Um, you know, he was showing. You know, he he grew into his comfort level. So, and I think that'll be it. I think it's one of those blessing and curses. He had such a good preseason that I think it built up that expectations. And then when regular season came and and, and he got off to you know, well, he's got off to a slow start. It hasn't, but. To me, he's got to take a shot, and 
I fully expect this week uh, for him to take some shots. <laughs> if he's so. playing, if he's playing, because that's the thing. I know we, you mentioned the, the seven changes. Um, and yes, do I think seven is massively overstating what Rick's going to do? Surely. Surely we're not going to see a, a massively changed 11. But that doesn't mean that guys like him might not be on the bench because there are other options if you want to go there. If you want to work another person into the midfield, you might stick Arturo Rodriguez out wide instead. And then, you know, when it comes down to, well, which winger are you going to drop? Is it going to be Santi Moore or, or Marcus Epps? It'll be Epps. Uh, you'd have thought it would be Epps. Um, there, there are other choices. I mean, you can even look at a guy like Joey Calistri could be starting. Um, I wouldn't necessarily expect that. I, I, probably be more likely to see him off the bench just because of the the value he brings as that utility type player who seemingly can can play literally anywhere um but you, you never know you never know if he will actually start this game but more hasn't really done it you know and this is no disrespect no. to him but more hasn't really lit it up either um no. and i think that's no, why you saw not. the flip uh you know flip to try to you know try to create somebody um before that here so you know, just to kind of address a couple of things from San Antonio's side here before we get into the head-to-head and then wrap it up with the um, you know, upcoming match in Phoenix here uh, for, you know, the San Antonio fans that may make the trip to uh, Phoenix Rise, Rising Soccer Complex at Wild Horse Pass. The big news out of San Antonio uh, is uh, Kristen Bonilla retired. Uh, he was the starting goalkeeper uh, for three games. Was you know, if you follow USL tactics, you know, you know, one of the biggest difference makers, if you watch San Antonio, he's, he's probably saved two or three goals that um, may have gone by other goalkeepers. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see San Antonio uh, make adjustments. I'm assuming it's going to be Jordan Farr that uh, came in on the emergency loan from Indy 11 uh, for the playoffs and ended up staying although Matt Cardoni is also still here, which, you know, I think was a surprise for us. The other big thing for San Antonio is they're dealing with injuries. Uh, Mane is still out with the upper body. He's going to be out for uh, 12 weeks, so he's not coming back anytime soon. Uh, but DeShane Beckford, uh, Santiago Potinho, PC, and Mohamed Abu are all questionable. To me, the big one is big two is PC and, Moh- and Abu. They are the core to uh, the the midfield here. Um, having them back there helps protect the defense, and especially against a quality team like uh, Phoenix Rising, you definitely need to have that. To me, you know, I'd like to see Patino, uh, you know, out there as well as Beckford. You know, gives more attacking options because, you know, no offense to Edson and down in the valley and RGV, Rising's uh, attack is much better. So. <clears throat> Plus, San Antonio doesn't have a bench right now uh, for that here. So, where it seems like that uh, for Rising, um, they've got options. I know the big addition, uh, you know, forward-wise, Greg Hurst has also done well, uh, you know, for you guys here. But I'm going to assume PC and Abu play, although they're both listed as questionable um, because San Antonio hasn't brought in any additional additional players. So, I'm going to... Assume that they play. How do you think that San Antonio and Rising match up? I know San Antonio likes to press. Rising likes to press. Um, when San Antonio plays Rising, it's typically 
rising with the ball a little bit more and San Antonio with the counter, which you mentioned earlier has been a, a weak spot for rising, uh, especially earlier this year. So your thoughts on the chess match uh, that'll be going on uh, between rising and San Antonio FC. I think that the main question in terms of whether tomorrow is going to end with a, a rising win or probably San Antonio taking it is whether Rising's attack can actually click this time. Because we know that San Antonio don't mind not being the main possessor of the ball. They don't mind sitting back and, and absorbing that. And the thing we know is if Rising's attack doesn't click, what you're going to find very quickly is they will start to overcommit. Mm -hmm. um, and it then opens up a lot of spaces for guys. Uh, I mean, you look at a guy like David Luera, you know, he's a pretty pacey guy. We know that from his time <laughs> here in Phoenix. Um, and a lot of people on, on my show yesterday were saying they, they were very frustrated that he hadn't come back. So you definitely got a good player there in, in, and we, we, we appreciate him. He's our leading goal scorer with two right now. So, <laughs> Uh, but that that's that's the real threat here and and i know that from i sat in on the san antonio press conference today and it was you know the, those were the kind of messages that were coming out is look we know that they've been shaky on the transition defense so that's how we've got to try and catch them and i think that's right that's mm -hmm. that's where rising said it's weakest because when they attack with the kind of numbers that they do, um, when you see the fullbacks becoming very involved in that attack, and you're reliant then on two centre-backs who often aren't the quickest, and, and none of them are the quickest, um, that's that's the problem. And it's, it's, it's USL. You can't get everything. Uh, you're not finding a centre-back that is pacey, knows what they you know as a good come on this is rising they got the biggest budget they you know they them. get all the star players i don't know blah, a blah, lot blah, of people blah, will blah, tell blah. you that is not the case and rick no, would be the first too, to yes. tell you that is not the case <laughs> rising does not have the biggest budget in this league um, i know that for a fact as well so <laughs> but i let people say it <laughs> It's a good long-running joke. Um, every time it comes up on a random other USL team's broadcast, it always definitely gets picked up. But it's hard. And then, you know, they're trying to get back. Um, they, they've kind of been issues this season where it looks like sometimes in that transition, they're almost overthinking. Some of them are kind mm -hmm. of staying back off their man and letting them take the shot. And that's a concern. Uh, because that's how you get goals like Evan Conway's goal. It's how you get goals like Vegas Lights' second goal. Um, it, it creates those kind of opportunities. And I think that ultimately, yeah, if Rising comes out looking as weak up top as they did for most of the last game, I think that this is a really good chance for San Antonio to pick up another three points. But conversely, if it clicks... You never know. You always get that feeling with a team like Rising that once it clicks, that's it. They're going to score four or five goals. Yes. Like, it's the kind of players that they're there. If both teams are healthy, um, these are two of the top quality teams that, in my opinion, could you know rival you know rival Tampa Bay, rival Lewis Lewis City, as far as the depth and talent that they have. I like said here to me this was such it was such a fun rivalry um you know so far the series is uh, SAFC with four wins two draws and three win uh three wins for rising 
Um, the last time that Rising was in San Antonio uh, was probably one of the best games that I ever attended in person, um, which was a 3-3 draw. Uh, unfortunately, Jason Johnson for Rising uh, scored a goal uh, almost at the death uh, to tie it up. And But j to me, the talent that was on the pitch that night, and, and I think you could see it again um, tomorrow night as well, it's just different when it comes to San Antonio and, and Phoenix. It's it's a rivalry. Um, it's a little bit chippy, but it's respectful also in, in that same way where both organizations respect each other. And, you know, it's not like, you know, Landon Don, Donovan calling us out, you know, because we foul and, and along those lines like he did last year. So it's, it's, it's not that, 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 that were, hey, we don't like you. I think between San Antonio fans and Rising fans, there's a healthy respect uh, between the two clubs uh, for that here. But before we get you out of here, um, for the match that come is coming up in, uh, I want to say May 9th, uh, May 7th, um, is going to be in Phoenix. So the last time that uh, San Antonio traveled uh, to Phoenix, uh, thanks to RGV's, uh, victory in the playoffs last year uh, was at Casino Arizona Field, which was formerly known as the Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex, which had a seating uh, capacity of 6,200. Since then, uh, Rising has moved to Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex at Wild Horse Pass, which has a seating uh, uh, capacity of 10,000. From my understanding, the biggest changes are bathrooms and parking is much improved here, but uh, Kind of game day, if you can kind of tell us what to expect at Wild Horse Pass, you know, especially different from what it was at Casino Arizona Field. Sure. So, yeah, you are you are correct. There is actual plumbing now. So <laughs> if if you went to that old stadium and... I loved it. You know, I got, thought it was great. It was a great And they're peeing in the dark, you know. <laughs> it, you don't have to do that anymore. It's there's actual permanent bathrooms there. Now a lot of the stadium is is very much of the same kind of ilk. Um, mm -hmm. in that a lot of it is that kind of temporary feel pop -up to stadium. it. Um, yeah, it's a pop-up stadium predominantly. Um it's a it's bigger, obviously, than it was. And now, unlike last time where you used to have the uh suites at the one end, which you know that kind of killed any atmosphere down there at mm -hmm. least you know you'd have the south end would be as aggressive as as you expect and then they'd go up to the north end in front of the suites and it would just be you know the kind of people who go to suites at these games <laughs> well that's now that's now like a, a new set of bleachers over there which is it's predominantly a family end but that's great because you get these little kids shouting at the opposition goalkeeper now Correct. as well so you know it's slightly different language they're using to insult the other team's <laughs> goalkeeper but it's they're still doing that um it is a brand new location quite you know not quite as close to say like the center of tempe as, mm -hmm. as that old stadium was um you're a little bit further out uh it's it is right next to a freeway though so that's that's always helpful and yes there is now some Depending on if you want to pay for VIP parking, um, you can actually get a paved parking lot now, which is oh nice, slightly <laughs> nicer than the the old setup where what happened was you effectively had to wash your car after every game uh, because it would just get that messy in the dust out there. It's it's still though very much very much the same kind of a, an experience there. Um, 
I know a lot of people have complained about the concessions and all kind of stuff like that, but hey, like the variety or cost or uh, both mixture of both. To be honest, yeah, both. But hey, look, if you come along, there's beer. There's yeah. Do you need more than that, really? Come on. It's... Well, I noticed you guys haven't been doing the dollar beer nights. Uh, no, know, no, recently. that's that 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 is phased out. It, it seems like. It's it's yeah, that's a complicated one. Um, there's a lot of factors in play on that one, but yeah, unfortunately, since moving to the new stadium, it haven't been able to resurrect that one. So predictions, I uh, I predicted a two-two draw. Um, would it shock me if either team won? No, um, I don't. I think it'll be a close match. I think both teams are still trying to figure things out. Um, I do think San Antonio gets a little bit healthier uh, this match compared to the last couple of matches. Rising, though, is, is one of those wounded animals that, that's kind of getting backed in a corner, and that scares me. I'm not going to lie to you. Is you know, I, I've been in a match where Rising was uh, was on it. That's, that was a match in, in Phoenix where you know the 4-0 match. Uh, back in 2018, you know, I drove out to there. That was uh, Diego Restrepo's last match uh, for San Antonio FC. And when when Rising gets up going, they get going. Um, I'm hoping that it's one more week of, of a stalled Rising uh, offense and a leaky defense. But I think a two-two tied. You know, these these guys they play close, generally speaking, as far as on the head-to-head. So, your thoughts. Uh, as far as what you predict that's going to happen uh, tomorrow? So yesterday on, on my show, I was the pessimistic one. And <laughs> we all said 2-1, but I said it was going to be 2-1 to San Antonio. San Antonio. The other guys said it was going to be 2-1 to Phoenix. I mean, it, it, you're right. It's going to be a close game. Um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't a close game. One thing to bear in mind and... You know, I'm not sure if I'm going to jinx that streak now, which from my perspective may not be a bad thing. Uh, from your perspective, maybe not so good. But Phoenix has never won in San Antonio. Going back to 2016, that's true. never won a game in San Antonio. So there have been draws, but no wins. So I think we'll you have to go back to the uh, um, Food City era of uh, Phoenix soccer um, and... Uh, I won't, uh, Rooney or I won't say the name nickname that I had for him, but the uh, the Rooney air area uh, time frame of uh, pre rising uh, for that here before uh, was Phoenix's last visits. But yeah, looking at the head to heads uh, outside of that four zero match, it's either been draws or one goal wins. So uh, this now it's typically been goal scored. Um, you know, like you know, San Antonio twenty sixteen three two. Um, you know, here in San Antonio, uh, September 2016-1-1, May of 2017-1-0, um, San Antonio won in Phoenix 1-0. I remember that match. There was the outlier, the, the rising 4-0 win over 2018 um, in, 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 in uh, Phoenix, and then San Antonio came back 3-2, the March 9th one, which we talked about, 3-3, and then last year, you know, September 7th, 1-0 which I don't think you guys had clinched at that point. So it was one you guys were still playing um, was through there. So generally speaking, if there's goals, there's going to be multiple goals. If there's, if there's not goals, it's typically very defensive. So 
that, that's why with this one here, I think both teams can play, you know, hey, if you want to play compact and play defensively, both teams historically can do that. If you want to open things up, both teams have the capability to play that way as well. So should be a fun one. Owen, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time out. Um, I did ask, you know, some of my uh, rising friends on Twitter to say, hey, did you want to come on? And, and they all uh, chickened out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know they're scared, uh, you know, uh, for that here. Uh, Cristiano, I'm calling you out on that one uh, for that here. <laughs> so, but do thank you for coming on, my friend. Like I said here, you've been a great follow for years um, and so happy you know, with you that, that you know, that you uh, moved on to the gophoenix.com, uh, gophnx.com site there to, you know, help get your, you know, get your coverage out even to a greater audience. Thank you for having me on here. Thanks, sir. And that'll be it. And we always end the show with what's life without goals. And uh, if you're coming to San Antonio, please stop by the Crocketeers uh, tailgate. Typically opens up, I want to say, around 4 o'clock. Uh, unlike Phoenix, you know, we have a tailgate where you can get free beer, uh, free food. Uh, I'll be there, which, you know, can be a plus or a minus uh, for that here. Uh, but uh, like I said here, it's a fun time. I, I know there's several Phoenix fans, uh, you know, come over, make the trip. And, and like I said, here, it's 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 a it's a, a fun event. So please check into the tailgate. Um, obviously, for 90 minutes, we won't like each other. Uh, but, you know, please be nice to each other after that 90 minutes and on social media. But what's life without goals? We're out of here. Doo -doo -doo -doo.